Hi there, welcome to the Carter Report and thanks for joining us. Our subject today is the return of Elijah the prophet in our own day. Now Elijah lived thousands of years ago and was one of the greatest prophets that the world had ever seen. The Bible says that Elijah the prophet is going to come back and he's coming back in our own day. The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. The Bible says that before the very end of time, God is going to send the prophet Elijah. And Elijah is going to come with the greatest message that this world has ever heard, my friend. I want to tell you a story. When I was working and running campaigns and running meetings like these in Australia, I was working in a city by the name of Albury. And some Russian people came to those meetings. Their name was Pinter, the Pinter family. And the old lady, Mrs. Pinter, could hardly understand on that occasion any words of English. And uh, she couldn't understand Australian too well at all, and so she had a few problems. But she was coming to all of those meetings. And uh, I talked one evening and I said to those people, if you would like to follow this message, as I've said to you, these folk were Russian Orthodox Christians, I said, if you would like to follow this message, and if you would like to follow Jesus and keep the commandments and keep the Sabbath and follow God's people in these things, would you like to stay behind? And she stayed behind. And I thought to myself, I wonder if she knows what she's doing. So I went around to see her and, and I spoke to her son, Len, and Len said to me, yes, mother knows because when we go home each evening, I explain to her the meetings. And so I went across to see Mrs. Pinner, our kids called a Nana. She became a very close friend of our family, Nana Pinter. And I said to her, Mrs. Pinter, and I spoke slowly, I said, do you really want to be a Sabbath keeper? Do you really want to be baptized? I, I said, do you, do you understand what you're doing? You know what that old lady said to me? She said it in broken English, uh, broken Russian too, because it was a mixture of the two. She said to me, I have to follow this message. I said, you don't have to follow this message because God never compels us to do anything against our will. I said, God deals with us in a very loving way and God pleads with us, but God never forces the will. The will of man must always be free. We know this, don't we? God says, I want you to, but he doesn't force us to. God will never make us go against our own will. And so I said, Mrs. Pinner, why must you? She said to me, you know the other night when you spoke on the return of Elijah the prophet? I said, yes, I remember well. She said, you know when you call the people to make a decision? I said, yes, I won't forget that. She said, when I went home that night, I got into bed. And she took me into her, into her bedroom. And my wife and I, when we used to travel through that part of Australia and years after, we used to go in and stay in her big double bed, uh, big ru Russian rugs on the wall and so forth. And she said to me, I must follow these truths. I said, why? She said, because after that meeting, after this meeting tonight, I went home and she said, I got into bed and I went sound asleep. 
And then she said, all of a sudden I was awakened by the most brilliant light in the room. This is true. She said the room was flooded with the whitest light. And she said the light was so powerful that I woke up. And she said there standing beside my bed was a young man in shining clothes of white. And she said he held out his arms towards me and he said, Nana. That was her name. Everybody called her Nana. And he said, Nana, I want you to keep the Sabbath and I want you to be baptized. And she said, what else can I do? My friend, what an impression upon that old Russian lady. That old Russian lady had lost her husband in, in the purges of Stalin back there in Russia many years ago. And she'd come out of this country and she had raised up a Russian Orthodox church in that city by herself. She'd got around those people and now she'd come to the meetings. And God had, now God doesn't often do this, my friend, and we shouldn't wait for God to do this before we move. That would be a foolish thing to do. I don't know why, but God apparently dispatched a, a shining angel and he came down and he stood there beside her and he said, I want you to follow this truth. He said, I want you to go to church on the Sabbath. I want you to be baptized. And she said, what else can I do? I said, I don't think you can do anything else, can you? And that was after this meeting. This meeting, my friend, made such an impression upon that lady that she had already made up her mind that she was going to follow Jesus Christ and follow him all the way, you see, and keep all of God's commandments. And tonight, I am going to pray and I hope you don't mind my praying this way for you. But I'm going to pray for each one of you sitting here tonight that God is not going to send an angel. I'm not going to pray that God is going to send an angel to your room tonight. I'm not going to pray that God is going to come and put his hand upon you and say, I want you to be there in church. I'm not going to pray that God is going to say to you, I want you to keep the Sabbath by an angel. But I am going to pray tonight that the Holy Spirit is going to come and talk to us. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit is going to come to my heart. Is, is it all right to pray that for you? I'm going to pray for you who perhaps have not yet decided. I'm going to pray that God is going to send more than an angel tonight. I'm going to pray that God is going to send one far more than an angel. I'm going to pray that God is going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And the Holy Spirit is going to come to you tonight and he's going to lay his hand on your shoulder. And when he lays his hand on your shoulder, I'm going to pray that you're going to hear the voice of God saying, come with me, come, come with me. Obey my word. You've seen my word. Now come with me and walk with me and let us do this together. Now, dear friends, I want you to come over here with me tonight to the great prophecy of, of Malachi. Malachi is the last of the prophets of the Old Testament. Malachi 4 Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. I'm so glad on this beautiful evening. What's tonight? Tuesday evening, isn't it? Not Monday, is it? Tuesday. On the, Wednesday. Well, it must be Wednesday tomorrow. On this beautiful Tuesday evening, and it's been a beautiful day here in, in Texas. 
I'm, uh, I just want to talk to you folk as a group of beloved friends whom I've come to know. And I want each of you to follow me in the Bible. And I'm praying tonight that God is going to send not an angel, but the Holy Spirit. Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6. Have you folk got the text? Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6. God says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That's before the Lord comes the second time. And the Bible says, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The Bible says that before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, God is going to send the prophet Elijah. And tonight I'm going to tell you folks something. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove to you that Elijah has already arrived in this world. I'm going to show you that the great Elijah has already come back to this earth. And I'm going to show you what Elijah wants to tell you. And you're going to find it out tonight. Now to understand this prophecy, I would like you to turn now in the scriptures to page 979. Mark chapter 9, 11 to 13. Matthew, Mark. Mark chapter 9 and verse 11 down to 13. The sweetest music that I know is the sound, the rustling of the pages of the Bible. It shows that people are turning up the scriptures and they're letting the Holy Spirit come into the meeting and letting the Holy Spirit start to talk to their hearts. And I, I believe tonight that God has blessed us in the last three weeks, don't you think? Yeah, God has been blessing me and you know, we've had some great challenges of faith and I want you to know that we have been very conscious of the presence of God in these meetings. Mark chapter 9, verse 11. And they asked him, saying, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Well, of course, they said that because Malachi said that. Then he answered, Jesus answered and told them, Elijah does come first and restores all things. That's pretty important. The Bible says that Elijah is going to come first and restore all things. And how it is written concerning the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be treated with contempt. But I say to you, Jesus said, that Elijah has already come and they did to him whatsoever they wished, as it is written of him. Jesus said, yes, Elijah is going to come. And then Jesus went on to say, Elijah has already come. Now let us turn to another text, and we'll see of whom Jesus was speaking. Come over now to page 950, please. Matthew 17, verses 10 down to 13. Matthew 17, and please come with me to verse, verse 10 of Matthew chapter 17. And everybody here tonight, please turn in the holy book. Matthew chapter 17, verse 10 and onwards. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? You see, here is the same question. And then it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Elijah truly is coming first. 
And what is Elijah going to do? He will restore all things. Now, I really should come over here to the blackboard because this is not one little point, but this is really going to be the theme of our talk this evening. I'm going to come over here to the, the blackboard. Jesus said, yes, Elijah is going to come first. Before the end of the world, Elijah is going to come. And Jesus said, when Elijah comes, the Bible says, he will, what is he going to do? The Bible says, he is going to restore, and Jesus just didn't say restore, but Jesus said, he is going to restore all things. Apparently, Jesus indicated that there were going to be some things that were lost. And because some things were going to be lost, it was necessary for Elijah to come and restore those things that had been lost. Can you see that? That's very, very important that you and I see that tonight. The Bible says Elijah comes and he restores. Now come down a little further, please. Verse 12 and 13. Jesus said, But I say to you that Elijah has come already. Well, that was surprising to them. And they did not know him. Now, that may be so today when he comes. People won't know him. But did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke of John the Baptist. You see that? Can you see that? Jesus said... Elijah's going to come, number one. Jesus said, number two. Elijah has already come, in fact. And Jesus said, most people did not recognize that he was Elijah. Most people did not recognize the fulfillment of the prophecy. And then Jesus said, John the Baptist was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Malachi that said that Elijah was to come. Can you see that? Now, what I'm going to show you now in the Scriptures is, my friend, an apparent contradiction. It is not a real contradiction, but it is apparent. I want you to come now to page 1032. John 1, 19 to 21, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter 1 and verse 19 down to 21. And here you have an apparent contradiction. Jesus said, John the Baptist was Elijah returned. Isn't that plain? Jesus said, John the Baptist was Elijah returned. Now please notice, an apparent Contradiction. I say apparent. John chapter 1, verses 19 and onwards, please. Now, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? Who do you think you are? They said. He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I, I'm not the Christ, he said. I'm not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then are you, Elijah? He said, I am not. And they said, are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Now, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? 
You see, Jesus said, people didn't understand it. People didn't understand the prophecy. They didn't see him. They didn't accept him. And Jesus said, John the Baptist is the Elijah who was to come. And then on one occasion, some people went out to see John, John the Baptist, and they said, are you the prophet? No. Are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? No. Are you then Elijah? And John the Baptist said, no. So, what are we going to do with that? Jesus said he was, and John said he wasn't. Now, there is a very easy answer. And here is the answer. I will show it to you. And this is going to get to the very heart of the matter. I want you to come now to page 992, Luke chapter 1, 13 to 17. Please turn it up. Luke chapter 1 and verse 13 and onwards. You know it's great to see everybody here with a Bible open and looking up the text. That's a beautiful sight, Jack, isn't it? Absolutely wonderful. All right. Luke chapter 1, verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness. Many will rejoice at his birth. He's going to be a great boy. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall not drink. He shall neither drink wine nor strong drink. My friend, he was against the drinking of alcohol. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. This boy, my friend, was going to be a boy filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He is going to be a man who, who will be a great preacher. And then it says, verse 17, he will also, this is the angel now interpreting the prophecy, he will also go before him, the Messiah. Did you hear that? John would go before the Messiah. He would prepare the world for the Messiah. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of who? He was not Elijah in person. But because he had the spirit of Elijah, because he had the same Holy Spirit that Elijah had, because he preached the same message, because he did the same work, because he prepared men and women for the coming of the Lord, because he did the work of Elijah, and because he preached the Elijah message. Hear that? Because he preached the Elijah message with the spirit of Elijah. And because he turned the people of Israel back to God. And because he prepared the world for the coming of Christ. Because he did those things, the Bible says he fulfilled the prophecy of Malachi concerning the return of Elijah. You hear that? Now listen. Therefore, therefore, the return of Elijah, my Christian friend in Texas, the return of Elijah is not the return of Elijah as a person. John the Baptist proves that. 
I say it again, the return of Elijah is not the return of Elijah as a person. The return of Elijah is the return of the Elijah message, you see. And the Bible says that just as John the Baptist came before Jesus Christ and just as he came with a great message to restore the truth, so, my friend, in the last days, a great message a tremendous message, a reformation message, a get ready message, such as was preached by John the Baptist before Jesus came the first time. Such a message is going to be preached in the last days. And the preaching of that colossal, spirit-filled, dynamic, revolutionary message, the preaching of that message will constitute the return of Elijah the prophet. You see? Therefore, what we are to be looking for tonight is not the coming of a person. It is not the coming of a literal prophet who is going to walk across the stage of human history. What we are looking forward to and what we are looking to tonight is the return of a great get-ready message. That's what we're looking for. Now, notice verse 16. And here it talks about the message of Elijah. And you are to know it. And you are to be listening and you are to be doing something about it. The Bible says, verse 16, He will turn many of the ch children of Israel to the Lord their God. This is a message that says, come back to the Lord. And my friend, the greatest need in America today is that message that says, come back to the Lord your God. You see, that's the great need of America. That's the great need of every human heart. Come back to the Lord our God. And then he says, the angel said, he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Here is a message, my friend, that unites families. I want you to know tonight that a people in a family will turn to Jesus Christ. If they'll all turn to Jesus, it will bring them closer than they've ever been before. Did you know that? The greatest answer to juvenile crime, juvenile delinquency, divorces, and this country, my friend, has more divorces than any other country in the world. The greatest need, my friend, in America is for the message of Elijah because it is the message that will bring the family together. It is the message that will unite warring husbands and wives and alienated boys and girls. You see, that is the word of the Lord. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And you notice it, what it says, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. You say to me, you say to me, what does it mean when it says the disobedient to the wisdom of the just? The Bible tells me, my friend, we live in a disobedient age. 
We live in an age when people have turned away from the very commandments of God. And God in these last days has a great message and that message is to turn the disobedient back to the word of God. You see? And then it says, notice it, because this is really the theme of the Elijah message. Notice the last phrase there, the last clause. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What a text. Now let me come to the blackboard. The Bible says that the Elijah message, the same message that was preached in substance by John the Baptist, that great message, my friend, restores, comes to restore all things. And the Bible tells me that the reason God sends that great message is to prepare. Oh, how important is that word? The Bible says to restore and to prepare a people to stand in the day of God. The reason that God, God sent John the Baptist was to get the world ready for Jesus at his first coming. You see? That's why John the Baptist came. And he came, my friend, like a thunderbolt from God.